Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Believe in Grizzlies, as young Harriet called it, believe in Memphis. But hey, I got three special guests. I got Shalika, I got young Harriet, and I got Candy. How y'all doing? We're doing good tonight. I'm doing well. Young Harriet. Feeling good, feeling good. Candy. I'm good. Can't complain. You know, I'm in the land of living or whatever. So let's talk about that Grizzlies win last night. So when I got to the FedEx Forum, you know, I was talking. So I met up with um, Fish and Brevin. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to him, you know, say hello. I'm talking to him. And I said, Fish, I was like, man, you ain't talked to nobody at home, you know, for this season yet. Um, I think tonight they're going to win. And so I told Fish, I was like, I think it's going to be Jaren. Fish said he thought it was going to be Dez. Brevin said he thought it was going to be Sons. All three of us was wrong. We don't need to be betting no more. See, it's going to be. And he talked to uh, – we didn't know that David Roddy was going to go off like that. So if David Roddy hadn't been, went off like that, they would have talked to Jaren. I would have won. But, hey, so glad that they got the win. And I found out that um, they had practice on Tuesday, I believe. And what happened at the practice is the players ran the practice. The coaches didn't run, run the practice. It was the players. And they called each other out. It was a hard practice. And I think that when Marcus and D. Rose, you know, went off of them, like basically publicly, had got them to think. And then I think that made Jenkins, you know, look within himself as well. And that's why he changed the lineup. Because I think he did a really good job of coaching yesterday. I think he did a really good job. We are always on table. But Taylor made some adjustments, and those adjustments worked. And I was so surprised when I saw Jalen Noel and Vince Williams Jr. to get off that bench yesterday before anybody else. I was like, oh, okay, Taylor, you trying to coach today. What do you guys thought? I'm starting with you, uh, Shalika. Absolutely. I um, I think what was interesting about the whole thing is, you know, I joke and I say I pray for Coach Jenkins every day, right? that um, something will drop in his mind, you know, like for me, I think the biggest thing that I, I liked about yesterday was, is that if this team is really going to be a defensive minded team, then you have to have strong defenses, defensive pieces. And so for me, the biggest issue that I was seeing previously was, is that they were trying to 
have defense turn into offense, but they weren't getting off like that. And so for me, I think one of the biggest things that I really, really appreciate or yesterday was just the havoc that Vince Williams Jr. calls on defense, him and Jalen Noel. It was just like they were just in passing lanes. They were the energy. They were the driving force. And a lot of that had to do with, you know, I feel like Jenkins swallowing a little bit of pride and saying, hey, I got to play my best players that are my best players defensively. And so to watch Jaron and Biz be the anchors last night and everybody else just kind of got on the bandwagon with them. But I really feel like the the energy started or was catapulted by um, Vince and Jalen Noel, and they gave really, really good minutes. I mean, that boy was just in all the passing lanes. He was everywhere. And then he had like eight or nine rebounds last night, which is something that the Grizzlies really have struggled with. And so for me, I think those were some of the biggest adjustments and officially having a real, real point guard at the point last night with Derrick Rose, who was a great lift off the bench. And so for me, I think that that was really, really what I liked most about some of the changes in the lineup last night in terms of Taylor Jenkins. Um, and his coaching style last week. And I think that he didn't wait for him to like just start making a bunch of blunders, but he didn't have to because the, a lot of, they came off the bench with a lot of energy. They started with a great force and I think they just kind of wanted to win. And so I think it was more about them. Yes, he played them correctly, but I think it was more about what they wanted to do in terms of putting the effort into the game. And so I think that would, that had a lot to do with it as well. What are your thoughts, young Harry? For me, um, I think Taylor Jenkins did a wonderful job of getting out of his own way and not overthinking some of the things that a lot of fans and a lot of people who are critical of his coaching style have pointed out, you know, over these first 16 games. Um, you need athleticism and you need length on the wing. And I think uh, Jalen Noel, Vince Williams Jr., and Zaire offer that all in very different ways. I know um, for what stuck out to me um, in terms of Jalen Noel was his foot speed. You know, I know he was brought here to be a scorer off the bench and whatnot, but his ability to cover ground and to be able to guard uh, players like Taylor Taylor Horton Tucker, who has given the Grizzlies trouble in the past due to his um, body type and his dribble penetration, and also him being able to guard Jordan Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson has religiously lit up the Grizzlies, and as well as uh, which has led to you know Utah uh, dominating the series between these two teams very recently. I I, I just think it's simple as that. Do do what works and build those good habits, and the rest of it will fall into place. Yeah, uh, them two, uh, Vince Williams Jr. and um, Jalen Noel, they had Taylor Harden Tucker and Jordan Clarkson on lock. Taylor Hart Tucker was two of twelve, and Jordan Clarkson was four of ten. They had them on lock yesterday. I mean, they shut that water all the way off. Uh, Candace, what are your thoughts about the win? Uh, my thoughts are like to echo what Young Harry said. Taylor Jenkins has it in his mind that he wants to do a nine man rotation this this year for some reason, 
And like, luckily for him, last night he played the right nine when he played when he decided to do his lineup. And I think a catalyst of that was the the players organized or players only uh practice or whatever they had. And shout out to him for noticing that Jerry needs help defensively if he's going to give you anything offensively and I think that was a big point of him recognizing that Jerry cannot do it by himself while Bain has worked on his defense he's still not there as a defender so the fact that he was able to be like oh wait we got defenders on this team and put Vince Williams Jr. and Jalen Noel out there they might can't give you nothing offensively, but they're going to bring it defensively. And that's what opened up Jaron to be able to roam and get six blocks. And it, it opened up the offense altogether because the defense was there. And, and Jaron, uh, I'm sorry to cut you off, but Jaron said something last night when people were asking him about some things. He was talking about basically the chemistry and whatever. He just, chemistry just don't happen automatically or whatever he said that you have to learn people he was saying you got to talk to them in the locker room you got to talk to them when they get massages you got to talk to them on the bus you got to talk to them everywhere to learn people he said just don't come you know naturally sometimes and and I guess you know you get so used to playing with other people all and then like you because like say for instance Dylan Brooks Jaron probably can look at Dylan they look a certain way and Dylan don't know where to go. And then he's just, he just, you know, and then it's just like, he didn't have to say anything. But he, I think they went in this season thinking they can do the same things. But he said that they, uh, um, their role said that people can't read your mind. So I think they had to take a step back and just go over everything again because that chemistry stuff, it wasn't working. So they have to, trying to rebuild it because it's not the same people that were together for a long time and I think they just had a hard time adjusting that's that's the way I that's what I took from it what are y'all thoughts I feel like I feel like that's a natural that's the natural order of progression uh we were talking about this a little bit in in another space about who was really in the rotation for the Memphis Grizzlies last year and if you think about it this is a brand new team with the exception of Jaron and Desmond name the players that's playing now that play any substantial amount of minutes together you know I mean in and in order for you to build the type of chemistry that Derrick Rose is speaking about, you actually have to get out there on the court and you have to get those reps. So I, I think it's critically important that that, you know, they continue to listen to each other, they continue to play with each other, and most importantly, just, you know, just know that it's not gonna happen overnight, but you can see little bits of improvement even in the midst of the losing with each game that passes by. Now, I thought it was very interesting last night that um, I watched the press conference too, that Jaron said that this was like the most talking he'd ever done. And I'm, and I was just really surprised by that because I'm like, I mean, I understand 
you know, that you get to know people and players, but like, how do you not like basically cover each other's territory without talking? And so is that was interesting to me. Um, but I'm glad that it's happening now, um, more so than anything. And I just think that part of it, I mean, and it's water under the bridge now, though, but I think that part of it, they probably could have progressed a lot faster had they been doing it from game one or two, because they would have they would have been repeating the same things over and over again about and they would have caught on faster just because cadence and, and, and repetition just sticks to memory better. And so I was just a little bit surprised by those comments, but um, I'm glad it's happening now. And you can tell it because they look like a more cohesive unit last night. Right, and then you can see Jaron just talking, him and Biggs. I mean, they was just talking, talking, and both, I mean, both of them got, like, the um, the defensive three-second call on both of them because they they was just trying to make everything go smoothly. And I, I think they really did a good job last night. And then shout-out to Jalen Noel and Vince Williams Jr. Because they changed the dynamic of – and shout-out Derrick Rose, man. Shout-out Derrick Rose. He's a leader on and off the court. What are your thoughts, Candy? Uh, for me, it's it's like you have to KYP. Like one of those games, Bane knew that Bismack wasn't the best free throw shooter in the world, right? So he was ready to get the offense rebound. He got an easy put back. Like they're all getting to know each other. And the reason why he didn't have to talk so much with Ja and and dealing it's because they have been around each other the continuity had already been there and I feel like for, for this team because there are so many new moving parts like yes when X is out there Jared knows exactly where X is about to go mm -hmm. before he even goes there and like sometimes during last season you will see Ja thought about or Desmond thought about or Jaren thought about whoever and somebody was supposed to be there and that was their one spot so like they're used to a different dynamic they're used to yeah KYP but they don't know this personnel and like y'all said that does take time I wish it didn't take 16 games but you know here we are and maybe they'll do better from going forward and, and I think Mostly the players took responsibility because, like, um, I read an article where um they said that Zaire said that was one of his toughest practices that they had on Tuesday because the players led it and they called out each other about what they supposed to do, letting everybody know this. And then I think everybody came away with it. Hey, we got to get this stuff together and we need to play for each other because it's at, at the end of the day, if your coach suck or whatever, you can play for each other. You can play in spite of your coach because you guys are out there on the court. You guys put the ball in the basket. You guys play defense. So I think, you know, and I, I really love that. And people say, well, that's what the coach get paid for. But sometimes it be on the players. Honestly, sometimes it be get, on the players. I get that. And my thing is, they have always played for each other. Like, you saw it two years ago when they were like, oh, are they better without Ja? Because they would want to play for Ja. They would want to get up and show Ja, like, hey, we got your back, bro. Like, they would want to do that. And ain't no wrong with a little lemon squeeze in now and then down to the thing. It ain't going to hurt nobody. It ain't going to hurt no continuity if you're just open and honest with people every now and again. Ain't no wrong with that. 
Well, right. this isn't the first time that that's happened either, though. I mean, because if you think about when Marcus Smart last year, when when he was with the Celtics, um, they had some issues beginning. I think they were on like a seven or eight game losing streak. And he they said he went in there throwing chairs and carrying on and going off on everybody. And so I think that's just natural when you're playing basketball and you're very competitive that, you know, sometimes these, you know, as they said, come to Jesus meetings have to happen. I mean, if you're going to be a better team, then sometimes they have to happen. And sometimes. I think it's better to come from the players because they see the game from a pr different perspective because they're doing it with you. Right. And so I think that, that that's huge. And I, I think sometimes they have to happen like that. Young Harry? For me, that's one of the reasons why I love the acquisition of Marcus Smart. I know that a lot of his critics don't um, necessarily like the way he handles the ball or – so far, his acquisition haven't, hasn't led to many wins. But I tell people, you have to understand the culture in which he came from. Right. This man comes from a winning culture. Okay. He comes from a place in a from a position of a player who has had to nurture two young superstars. And being able to push those two young superstars to play up to their capabilities. A lot, a lot of the people who, when they hear, when they heard about the acquisition of Marcus Smart, they assumed, they assumed it was to buffer Demetrius. No, it's for it was for everybody. Right for me, you know, my my most favorite part of the game now is when Jerry comes out of the game and he sits right next to Marcus Smart. Because the whole whether Marcus Smart is playing or whether he's sitting over there in them pajama tops, he be wearing. That <laughs> <laughs> man, man, hey, we can take intermission about that in a minute. He's always talking to Jaren. He's always telling Jaren, "Keep your head in the game, my guy." You know, pay attention. Yep, and to D Rose be talking to him too when he be at the free throw line. Like, hey, you, you know. You gotta stay in tune, my boy. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, all the time. Yeah, Look, I think that that's funny that y'all said that. Actually, not to overstep, but you know, remember at the beginning of the season when they did their um conferences to come back, Marcus Smart said that one of his things that he was really focused on this year was keeping Jaron out of foul trouble. Now, as quiet as it kept, Jaron been out of foul trouble. Foul trouble this year, right? Right, hunt. They get they get on my nerves about these fouls and these rebounds with Jerry. Uh, shout out to Desmond Bain because he been in more foul trouble than Jerry. But we he ain't gonna win. Sure has. <laughs> and and when he in, think, and when he in I, foul trouble, that's when uh them other teams be going on the street where the Grizz can't score. He needs to stay out of foul trouble so he can be on that floor. <laughs> I think what it is with Jaron is he he has the mindset of okay, I need to stay out of my, uh, foul trouble because my team needs me offensively. I think that gear has kicked in for him because normally when he be in foul trouble, it's all about his defense because we have a John Moran. We have, you know, a Dylan. We have a Dez. Like, he's ne not necessarily that number two, three, or necessarily that one, two, three option. And I think for him being the second option, it has grown him up a little bit as far as, okay, I need to stay out of foul trouble for the team. Stay well, out of foul trouble. 
stay out of foul trouble, Jerry. We gonna support you because we know you be in the space. Because we heard that album. By the way, you need you owe Candy some credit, okay? You owe Candy some credit and some points. Get that woman her money. Um, I'm just saying. For 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 this team to continue to grow, I think the talking and the relationship building has to continue. Like to to see Derrick Rose get up at that podium and say what he said, looking in that camera and not batting in that and not blinking and saying, you know what, we not gonna improve until we start communicating with each other. To see Marcus Smart ain't played twenty games in the FedEx form, but to see him go to bat for the fans in the way right. he did, I, I see why the Boston Celtics fan didn't want to let him go. Exactly. It, regardless of what he was doing. So as I've said before, name another player that that everybody likes, you know, in it could be anybody who has come in and put their stamp on this team this early. And you can't, you can't name another one. You can't, you can't name another one. That's why I feel like when they I get, can. I can name two. Give me two. John Rookie season. Solomon Hill and, um, damn, what's his name? Ooh, we the, um, oh, my God. What's that man's that- name? Jay Crowder. Uh, yeah, Jay Crowder. I, I know I, I couldn't think of it. Jay Crowder. It's just like what Derrick Rose and um Marcus Smart doing now, it was similar to with those two. Because it's just like them folks want to get into trouble. They want doing all this or whatever. Because Jay Crowder and uh Solomon Hill had the respect of the locker room. They ran that shit. I'm telling you, they ran it. So, you know, it, it wasn't, you know, talked about a lot, but you can tell it with every interview with the players, they they had them boys respect for sure. But it not, not it might not be at the level of Marcus and Derek, but they had them boys respect for real. I mean, yeah. but that's what that's what you get when you pull a vet in. Like, you know how everybody was talking about we need vets, we need vets. I don't think they they knew like why we needed vets? I feel like they need. They felt like we needed vets to offensively pull the team in, but we needed vets, honestly, to like establish some type of culture, establish like get get in these boys' heads. Like, hey, this is why I've been so successful for this long. That is why uh, Solomon Hill and Jay Crowder, ooh, Jay Crowder, but Jay Crowder was able to come in the way they were, and to this day, they still have the respect of a John Moran, of a Dylan Brooks, of a Jaron Jackson Jr. It just is what it is because once you watch somebody do it so long and you want to be where they at one day, you you got to respect it. You got to kiss the ring. It is what it is. Yeah, I think what's interesting about that whole whole concept is is I don't think that people are really going to see the value of Marcus Smart until um, the playoffs. Um, I think that's when people will really be like, oh, aha, that makes sense. Because I think that even with the the in-game seasons, you don't ever see the values of true vets until the playoffs and, and when they make it to the playoffs and stuff like that. And that's when you see the growth really happen for young teams. And so I think that's when people will really, really start to see the value in all of the vets. 
Yeah, that that that's so, so true too. Um, I wanted to ask you guys a question. So, um, eight games, Jaws coming back. The Grizz is gonna have to make some decisions. Decisions, decisions, decisions. Um, what do you do about Bismack? What do you do about are you gonna keep Jalen Noel? Um what well, you gotta get rid of somebody. What's yeah, gonna happen? I, I think it's gonna be interesting because as 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 much as it's kind of like one of those sad things, I mean, if we're being honest, I think if you personally, I think they do keep both of them. I think they do keep Jalen Noel and I think they do keep Bismack. And I think that they waive uh, LaRavia and I think that they waive Lofton. And as much as I hate to say that because I feel like Lofton didn't get the opportunity that he really got because just because of the play style of Taylor Jenkins, not really so much Kenny Lofton. Um, I just think that just because of the direction in which they want to go, I just found it interesting that they even got him to begin with because he never fit their style of basketball. And so for me, I just thought that that was interesting from the beginning. Um, I felt like that they could have utilized him. But again, for the style that they play, I think that those will be the two that they let go. I, I don't think they're going to wave, wave him. You don't? No, no, I don't think so. I think that um, I think some trades going to happen. Hmm. I, I really do, because it's just like, why would you give him up for free? I do as well because I think out of all of the rookies that or younger players on the roster that we've seen, we've seen Junior be able to uh, produce it with given NBA minutes. Now, LaRavia, not so much, but I would be um, I would be ecstatic to see Junior go to another team and get an opportunity. Because he is he a bona fide hooper and he left handed at that. And LaRavia, I just don't know what to say about <laughs> he, I, he, Junior can get Junior can be traded off potential. You know, some people right. they watched him in summer league. They be watching. They have scouts come to the games every game. The cap the the scouts sit up there where the media sit at. They be scouting these folks for previous game whatever or scouting players to trade. That man, he probably be the one to have some value where they can trade. Right. I mean, I mean, there is players I, on there on the team that have value or whatever, but you yeah. just don't wave him like that. You try to seek the best trade. Conchar, I mean, some people Conchar, you know, people may not like like him, but dude can go out there and get you eleven rebounds. You know, he's gonna play hard. He's tradable. He's tradable. Get them out of here. See, y'all want to be nice. Get them out of here, okay? I'm sick of the conchise messing up my phone. They made me have to go get a whole new phone. Let them go over there with the Lakers. The, the Lakers could get anybody, you know. And you know, once you put them beside LeBron James, they become Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Wilt Chamberlain. So, Now, Harriet, what about this? What about this one? What if they trade Junior to the Bulls for Pat and we get Patrick Williams somehow back in return? Baby, let's go. Y'all know this, man. Y'all know this. The type of person I am is I'm 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 with both of y'all. I feel like they're gonna wave LaRavia because 
Every time he turn around, that baby got an injury. He don't he don't even be having to play a game, and he got an injury. He is clumsy. He he is me. He is me bonafide as a. I, I don't think they gonna. I don't think they're gonna try to wave nobody. I don't, really don't. I for feel the simple, like they might but, wave but, him and trade for the, him. Or, for, for, for the simple fact is they gonna try to do a trade because somebody may take his contract. I, while I because you like just a, but you just don't want to let let nobody go you know for nothing for nothing I but, and, that, but he but, and then and then he's the first a high first round pick or whatever I, I don't that, but he I, ain't I don't think like no first rounder though let's just I, call a spade a spade I know he that but for the simple fact is I just don't think they're gonna waive anybody they gonna do a package <laughs> I Maybe. feel that and I'm all for a package, you know, young Harry, you know, I'm team FTK all day. But listen, the way LaRavia has been out there and down bad this season, I don't I don't see any trade value in that unless they show like some highlights of him at Wake Forest or something. I don't see anybody taking that unless you package him with like a Kenny Lofton or a John Conchar because so here the Lakers may or may not allegedly be interested in John Conchar. That's interesting to me, but I understand defensively, John Conchar can be a menace when he get up. But as far as Jake LaRavia, you got to ask yourself, amongst players, where does he fit in defensively or offensively for that matter? And that's that's where you have your answer. They either going to have to package him with something bigger or they gonna wave him all together. I mean, I just don't I mean, think I don't think they're gonna wave. I just don't think they're gonna wave anybody. I think it's gonna be uh trade. You even trade somebody from cash, trade some picks or something. I just don't think that they're gonna wave anybody. I may be wrong, but I just don't think anybody's gonna be waived. Because you I, because you wanna take money off the books. That's the right. thing. You want to take money off the books and you don't wanna be on nobody. You know, for a long period of time, so that's why I think it's gonna be trade, or they're gonna do something with cash consideration considerations, or y'all know cash consideration be traded every year. And yep. I think, I think both of y'all are right in a way because I think the best case scenario, and and you said it, Sharon, is for them to find some type of deal where they can do a package deal, right? for any number of the back-end rotation uh, players. And then I think worst-case scenario, Candy, you right, that they going to waive somebody, you know, that they may waive somebody. Who it will be, we don't know. You know, um, I just want, for me, if nothing else, I want uh, Junior to get an opportunity to play. Because I think out of everybody who has been on this roster, young player, Young players who have been on his roster, I think I think he has gotten the least opportunity. And uh I just hope he gets an opportunity to showcase it elsewhere. Uh Jake LaRavia, I don't know what he doing. Okay, well, how you get hurt on the bench? Go ahead, young Harry. So as I was saying, uh for me, for me, Jake LaRavia. I think because they have already picked up his third-year option, if anything, I think they will look to package him in a in a deal. Uh, of course, you don't want to see anybody. I don't want to see him get cut, even though I think he's slow. Thomas Barbecue slow. 
uh, <laughs> pays barbecue slow. But you would hope that he does have some value and the Grizzlies can um get another asset back that can contribute to uh building a winning squad. But it's it's just gonna be really hard because they have some decisions to make. Steven Adams is out for a season. You gotta do something to keep Biz Mac Bianco because he's been contributing to the team. I mean, like you said last night, you know, he helped Jaron out a lot when they both was anchoring the defense. Cause one of them plays where it's just like they blocked like two shots on the same position. And they I like, wow, them folks came to play tonight. I can't remember who it was, you know, because I'm having that senior moment. But I remember that play. I can see it, but I don't know who it was against. Probably got to go look back. I at feel video. like it was Jordan Clarkson. I really do. Either him or uh, you know what? John I think it, Collins. I think it was yeah, think it was John Collins. And I don't know. Jaren had six blocks and Biz Mac had three. So you know they yeah, were just blocking I'm everybody. Saying. They was I feel everybody. like it was, but those were the only two players from Utah. That was actually in, uh, able to make any type of noise last night. If you think about it, and then John Dylan, Collins. I don't um, think he, I don't think John Collins did he score in the in the, in the second half. Or I he, don't know. But, he, I think he just had two points because yeah. because he had fifteen points at the half and he ended up with seventeen points. Yeah, I remember that. Jordan Clarkson, John Collins, and that dude that sound like he a piece of furniture from IKEA. I don't remember his name because y'all know I don't know people names, but uh, I just keep talking about Kia. You, you, fun, you. It, it was fun, Techie. Yeah, whatever his name is. Yeah. <laughs> Help us out. Help us out. Okay. You right. I, you, don't worry about it, Ken. I got you. I got you back like chiropractic. Uh, I keep furniture is crazy though. Okay. Well, listen, it's great. <laughs> She know she wrong for that. You wrong for that. You wrong for that. That chick said that girl said I kill furniture. That's hilarious. Oh my god! Wow, that's messed up. <laughs> but you know they they got some de decisions to make. And then even okay, so even last night, uh, Jalen Noel, even though he didn't score a point, that man did some good stuff offensively, setting people up, doing the right passes, all this and that. That dude need to be, you know, on more than ten day contract. So since Tillman is questionable for um, the Dallas game on tomorrow night, so I wonder if they're gonna let that other dude go. Or, well, you know what? They still got players that's gonna be out. Uh, Kennard and um, you talk about Shaquille Harrison, the '90s five man. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then um, but I forgot about Luke Kennard and Marcus Smart. So mm -hmm. I don't know, they might they probably be able to um still keep him. So y'all remember that year um when I think Zebo was hurt, I think Mark was hurt, and Mike something. It's just like the Grizzlies just had so many players that coming in and out of uh Memphis. That's when yeah, yeah, um, like Marcus, um, uh, Mark, um, uh, Matt Barnes was here, and y'all remember right. when they they had like eight players playing, playing. They went in Cleveland, went to Cleveland and beat LeBron and them. Man, I still remember that game. Yeah, but, uh, that's, that's how this Grizzly team is like that right now. I feel like there are some moves that can be made though, like 
no shade to nobody, but Gilead could go back down to the G League and lead the G League and still, you know, um, you know, uh, Shaquille Harrison, he good, he good to look at. He is wonderful to look at. But shout out to Kansas, baby, slow. Uh, the you know in Laravia that like Laravia and in Conchar, if there are teams who are remotely interested in those guys, make the deal for like you said cash considerations. If you could get an asset for an asset for Kenny Lofton Jr., make the deal and let that man go ahead on and play for a team that's actually gonna develop him properly. Like, and you can bring back an asset that can actually help this team. Who's to say Xavier Tillman's knees are going to hold up? Because, like I told you, he got three kids, a wife, a chicken, a goat, a mortgage, and he got the motor grass in the wintertime. Like, what, what we doing? I mean, the, like, man, the man got to make a living. I mean, he, he, a, good, he a good viable player. So, I mean, maybe somebody want, want, want to take him. I don't, I don't know. I don't want the man to lose his job because he did really – Help the Grizzlies out, you know. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. No, I think he's more tradable than probably most people. Even though his knees are bad, I think he's probably more tradable because he's shown that he he holds up even in very tough situations. And his defense is good. Like, he can defend some of the best of them. And so, I think he's definitely tradable um, in, in more than anything. Because, honestly, when you look at it, the Grizzlies just need um, some more height internally. And so I think if if you move on from him, you move him because of that, you know. Um, it's a couple pieces that I like. I like uh, Clint Capella in Atlanta. I like the way he does business, uh, probably in that center position. Like, he is ruthless. He's somebody I really, really like. Um, and I, I think that Atlanta may be just depending on what they're looking like midseason. I think that, you know, the Bulls are brewing, you know, to trade some people like the Patrick Williams of the world because uh, they're not that great either, you know. And um, and so, you know, I'm looking at people like that that I think could come straight off. And then, you know, if the Jazz keep going downhill, I don't know how long they'll keep Laura Marker, even though he's very expensive. Um, but still, you know, I'm thinking about, pieces like that people that'll come in and you know that they're definitely like they're gonna add scoring and probably a little bit of defense and you talk about space and then I mean so just depend on what they're looking for and who's willing to make those deals okay so that Laurie marketing thing that the guy that tweeted out um my brother who covers the Utah Jazz he says there's zero chance of that happening because why, why would they do that if they rebuilding already why would they do that? Build around right. him because he's a good player. You'll be dumb if you trade that man. I'm serious. I mean, it just depends on what they're trying to do. I mean, I know that he's their number one star, but, you know, it just depends on what Laurie Marketing wants, too. Because, you know, sometimes they often do, like, if they know that they're, like, not going to be up for a couple of years, a lot of times they don't want to keep them sitting around because they're like, we're not winning. And so unless Laurie wants to be there, you know, if he wants to be there, then yeah, they'll do it. But if he doesn't, then you know they tend to, they have a lot of leverage in the NBA. Uh, a lot of players have a lot of leverage in the NBA, so it's just it's just gonna really depend, I think. So I I just when it comes to trades, I I nothing surprises me. Right, but the thing about it, he's not the player. He's not the type. He's not a player with that star power to have a choice of of the matter of what he's going to do 
things like that. He not Damian Lilly, he not LeBron, not none of them. I know players have power or whatever, but you can only be a certain pay player with that type of power. And he ain't that. One of the one of the things that we've seen from this front office in terms of the acquisitions that they've made is anybody that they have gotten so far or traded for, excuse me, so far, they they come back with years on their contract. Like when you look at Luke Kennard, Luke Kennard came back with an extra year on his contract. So that gives the Grizzlies and their front office leverage to negotiate depending on how the you know Luke Kennard plays. And I think anybody who they are looking at, they will go after with that type of mindset. One of my favorite players, and I think somebody who would do very well in the Grizzly jersey is Dorian Finney-Smith because we talk about a lot of the times our conversation is about who got this dog, who the big dog, who the little dog, who the poodle. That, that guy right there, we, that's who we need on this team. And you talking about a dogged, defensive-minded guy, who can make big shots and who understands how to play off a superstar. Remember that he played with Luca and Luca got him paid. All right. So that um Dorian Finney Smith is a good target for me. Yeah, I like DFS a lot. Um I think he's he's in that same conversation because I was actually before we got on the call, I was looking at some stats of like some of the forwards and um I was looking at him and Patrick Williams and actually Laura marketing all together and all of them were like top uh forwards in the league uh in terms of like um power forwards and the thing that I think that I like about Dorothy and Smith out just even outside of the his defensive uh prowess is just the fact that he's not one of those guys where it's like he has to be like He's going to play his role. He's going to be quiet. He's not going to cause a lot of trauma. And you kind of want one of those people that are willing to take the back seat because you already got three people that are already going to demand the ball here. And so you want a fourth person that can give you some extra boost off the bench, but they're not going to fuss a lot about it. And I think he'll fit that mode perfectly. So Doris Finney-Smith, so like if he come on, why he can't start? Who can who gonna start over him? I'm I'm just asking. That that's a good question. When you when you consider what the wing options are for the Grizzlies, Dorian Finney Smith at the three ain't bad. Yeah, I I think he'd be your best option too. Honestly, um, I don't see anybody you know like taking that from him because I mean we've just struggled in the whole wing. I mean, that's bad when you bring what Jalen Noel in there and he looks better than any wing we got. So I mean, and he just we just brought him off the street. So I, I who's competing with that? I don't I, I don't know. It, I mean, that's for the front all you know, it's just there are a lot of options. That's for the front office to dictate, but it's just like good to see that the team, you know, everything is clicking. Well, we just hope that it clicked tomorrow in um Dallas and we hope it click in um what that place of uh, Phoenix and they should win in Detroit because that's that's a mess right there. Listen, but, I think they got a good opportunity in Phoenix, um especially if Devin Booker is out and it's looking like he got unfortunately looking like he got hurt the other night. And so I don't know if KD is gonna be back or K um, KD already back. K 
Katie oh, played. he's already back. Okay. Yeah. But I know Dor- uh, I know Devin Booker got hurt the other night, so I don't know if he'll be playing, you know, so that, that helps a lot unless KD just goes on a scoring frenzy because then it'll be KD and the others. But, and as much as KD can score, KD ain't like book on scoring. So, you know, it's just, so it'll be interesting. So I think that's one that they can steal. They should want to steal it. And I mm-hmm. think if they do a good job defensively, they could steal it. I think if they go two and one, I mean, that's as good as you could ask for. Right. Yep. Uh, Miss Queen, you know, she better hope that they don't. <laughs> oh, okay. Let me stop. <laughs> Let me stop. Candy, oh, I don't mean to be talking about your friend, but I just thought about that. <laughs> if you know, you know. <laughs> if you know, you know. She just left her house. Ooh, if you know, you know. Well, ladies, um, closing thoughts. You guys have any closing thoughts? I really enjoyed you guys coming on with me. We have to do this again. Um, you go first, Candy. What's your closing thoughts? I just, I just hope that they, they can at least like, I know treading water is out of the, out of the uh, questions. I don't know my math or whatever, but they could at least be somewhere near five hundred, like floating around there. By the time y'all get back, and I'm glad they're finally figuring it out. Let's just see if Taylor Jenkins keep that consistency. Because like I've been preaching, the consistency starts with Taylor Jenkins, and it trickles down to the players. So you can get mad at the players all day long, but you got to hold Taylor Jenkins accountable as well. And that's all I got. I just hope they win against Dallas. But that's it. What about you, Shalika? What's your closing thought? Yeah, I, I, I honestly, I, I'm gonna go a little bit of a different direction. I'm just glad for once that I actually have found other females who actually love this game of sports like I do, especially basketball, football, because it's very hard to do. Um, and so just to see like just the women just kind of like taking over and you know and just and we and we know we ain't just a face we know and so it's like I I really really love that energy and it's everything good for me and um I've been doing a whole lot of uh sports and watching sports for a long time and it's very very rare and so when I find those gems I celebrate them and so I just want to say you guys I just love the energy of all of this and it's been so fun and that's why I'm always so excited because it's like that's just so rare and so that's the direction I'm going with that but um in terms of the Grizzlies I think the Grizzlies I actually think that that win the other night actually is going to propel them and I think they're going to I think they're going to come back two and one I think they'll beat Detroit and I actually think they're going to steal a game in Phoenix if Devin Booker's out that's only if he's out if he's out I think they'll steal that game Okay, your closing thoughts, young Harry. Um, uh, Miss McCrenny, you gonna make me cry. Candace tell you I'm the emotional one in the group. You know, I have a hard time keeping it in. Um, yeah. So, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna just say this: eight more to go. Uh, let's quit playing. Let let's be for real. Uh, he count down the same way we count down. You exactly. better get your, you your laughs in now. Exactly. Demetrius come back and he turned in the job. Oh, it's going to be smoke in the city. Uh, 
And just shout out to his teammates for supporting him. And shout out to each and every Grizz player that go out there every night, whether we like them or not, uh, that has played through all of this adversity and all this lying they doing on the team. Just lying, lying on the team. And shout out to shout out to Big Memphis, man. Cause we gonna talk shit and swallow spit, excuse me, to the day we can't do it no more. So get used to it. Jaren said we be we be in Dallas tomorrow too. Jaren said last night he think December is gonna be a good month. And then when he walked, he was walking from the podium. He said, "There's a guy at home licking his chop. There's a man at home licking his chop. So y'all already know. Y'all ready to go? It's gonna be it. They gonna come to play when he get back. So with that on that, I." Thank you guys for coming. We got to do this again. Holla. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.